There is too much to cover tonight. I've been away from this show for far too long. The Biden administration has just made the most accurate assessment of America that I can find. America 2023, that is. And you parents need to know about the books that your kids have access to in their public school libraries. We're going to show you the receipts tonight. Be warned, graphic content ahead. And finally, I have a suggestion for who the Antichrist is, but you have to wait till the end of the show for that. Welcome to your favorite night of the week, The Deep End on Tim Hatch, live. The Deep End. All right, everybody, welcome into The Deep End. It is episode 35 of season six on the channel tonight. Here we are once again. Make sure that you're hitting that like button. Make sure that you're hitting that subscribe button. Make sure that you hit that notification bell so that your smartphone can do something smart for you and let you know every time that we go live. Yes, my name is Tim. This is Tim Hatch Live, and we're going to talk about the state of the union because it's not in good shape, and the Deep End News is going to show us why tonight. Deep End News. News you choose if you could choose news. Yeah, so this is what's going on. The President of the United States has officially commenced um, the official state religion uh, month. So this is out of the Babylon Bee. The Babylon Bee, of course, nailing it as usual. The title of their article, Official State Religion Enters High Holy Days. And of course, we are talking about what? The month of June. And there on the screen in the Babylon Bee article is a picture that appeared from this past weekend's Pride celebration at the White House, where for the first time in my life and in American history, the American flag, which men have fought for, which women have died for, men have died for, um, they've bled for, they've been shot, stabbed, blown up, shot out of the sky, buried in the ocean to protect. Yes, that flag has now been served notice. It is second fiddle to the progress flag, all the colors of the gay pride flag, and then these um, new trans flag colors coming in. And then, of course, the Black Lives Matter flag. Look up close there. The Black Lives Matter line and the Brown Lives Matter line and all that kind of stuff. Now, this is what I've been talking about on this channel for about, I think, two years, over under over under on how long it will take till we actually do replace the American flag with the progress flag, because that's where we are at. That's where we are at. I mean, we are at the place where we are literally insulting our military veterans every single day of June, but also of, did you know about LGBTQIA plus two-spirit month, education month, which is I think in October. And then there's all kinds of weeks and months throughout the year where you have to identify and celebrate another uh, sexual immoral identity. Um, this has taken over our world. It is the official state religion. President Biden tweeting out on Saturday, I believe. This is from the official POTUS account. Today, the People's House, your house, sends a clear message to the country and to the world. America is a nation of pride. Uh, yeah, no thanks. No thanks, POTUS. Not here. Not with me and not with many of the people in this country. Probably about 50% of this country say no. And I would even imagine more than 50% of the country say no thanks to being the nation of pride. What happened to humility? But, but you know, this is, this is where we are. Uh, this is a devout Catholic president, by the way, who has failed to read the Bible his entire life, as most Catholics do. Uh, sorry, Catholics, I don't mean to take a shot at all of you. A lot of you love the Bible and read the Bible. I'm sorry. I apologize right off the bat. But he definitely is the epitome of the cultural Catholic. Yes, devout Catholic attends Mass every day, I hear, but yet fails to understand a single word of Scripture. And he spoke to the people on the White House lawn, the LGBT alphabet gang, uh, this past Saturday, and called them the bravest people he's ever seen. Watch. As I said, I mean this, I swear to God. 
You're some of the most, you're some of the bravest and most inspiring people I've ever known. And I've known a lot of good folks. You set an example for the nation and quite frankly for the world. I don't know what to say about that. The bravest people he's ever known. He's the um, commander in chief. He meets with military people, servicemen and women all the time. So did you hear it, servicemen and women, veterans? of our military, um, you are now also second class in courage to the people who love to shout about their genitals. Yeah. You are now second class, Americans, to the people who find pleasure in promoting their own sexuality to people who don't give a rip about their sexuality. This is our national religion, and it is taking over the world. The president posed with the people, the Alphabet King, on the lawn of the White House. Graphic content, guys. Sorry about this. But this is a picture of President Biden standing next to a transgender model named Rose Montoya, who then took the time to flash his bare breasts on the lawn of the White House. Yep. Montoya, a male model living as a woman, covered his fake breasts with his hands while two women living as men proudly showed off the scars from their breast removal surgery. Bravest people the president knows. Bravest people the president knows. The president has defined us. We are a nation of pride. Count me out. Yeah? Count me out. Give me a good shout out in the comments to the right or to the, or to the bottom. If you're with me, count me out on pride. I am done with this ideology. I am sick of catering to it or even trying to ignore it. Christians, those days are over. We cannot ignore this. They are coming for the entire country. They are coming for all avenues of power in America. I will direct you to the message that I preached on my at my church this past Sunday on Christ or conformity. We'll put that in the description below or maybe even in the comments. Go watch it. This is our Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moment. The statue has been erected. In this case, it's not a statue. It's a, it's a, it's a flag. And you are commanded to bow and worship and be proud of being proud, I guess. Being proud of, I don't know, your genitals. This is, this is our world. So, so again, devout Catholic, never read the Bible. Uh, Proverbs 16, 18. We don't have to, I'm sure many of you know this passage. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. So America's fall is ahead. America's destruction is ahead, according to the president of the United States. Jesus said, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, Matthew 23, 12. We are seeing scripture vindicated every single day when Paul discusses the fact that this is how cultures have always deteriorated. He is not judging in Romans chapter one, verse 29 and 32. He is describing that they stop worshiping God. They start worshiping the creator. They, they are given over to their lusts. They turn toward homosexuality, lesbianism. Uh, they get depraved and worse. He says at the end of that chapter, they are filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. They know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, but they not only do them, but give approval. 
to those who practice them. This is our new state religion. Even Elon Musk, not a Christian, understands that this is a religious movement. Replying to at uh, Still Gray on Twitter when at Still Gray posted this tweet saying this is the new state religion. He was referring to the fact that a pride sidewalk or I'm sorry, crosswalk had been defaced by tire marks. And so the city of Waterloo uh, sprang into action, to make sure it was cleaned up. And Elon Musk replied to that tweet a couple of days ago by saying there seems to be a deep, innate human need for religion as older ones fall, new arise. And um, yes, as G.K. Chesterton famously said, when men stop believing in God, they don't believe in nothing. They believe in anything. And if uh, if our genitals can be our, our center of worship, then so be it. Um, the White House secretary always doing work for the LGBT mob because she's a member of the mob herself, saying this past week that the um, LGBTQI community needs to be celebrated and continue to be celebrated. I can't understand this idea. They need to be celebrated. Why? Why do you need to be celebrated? Uh, Christians, remember, we don't need to be celebrated. And, and this is a good teaching opportunity as a pastor to you. If you're a Christian and you need to be celebrated for being a Christian, check your Christianity. Because Christians, true Christians, mm -mm, we don't need people to like us. In fact, the scripture actually warns about having too many friends. That's in Proverbs. The scripture warns about all men thinking well of you. That's in Luke chapter 6, verse 20, I think. You should have some enemies, some people who hate you and vilify you and reject you. We serve a rejected savior. He was rejected by his own people. And he said, if they reject me, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. So we are not people who need to be celebrated. I understand that people disconnected from God need to be celebrated because they don't have the celebration of God. Christians have the celebration of God. That's the difference. We, we, we don't need the celebration of the world because we have the celebration of our Father. He loves us. He lavishes us his, great, his grace upon us. He, he shows un, unfailing love and mercy and, and goodness to us. He, the Bible says in Zephaniah that he sings over us. This is, a, this is our Father. And it just kind of betrayed the, the LGBT squad continues to betray their spiritual depravity because they continually need celebration and only people disconnected from God need constant affirmation and celebration. And so the world's going to do what it's going to do. And these things are going to continue to move down the road. Um, just a quick heads up on the pride flag and the American flag. We've got to do a little bit of a deep end dive into the colors of the flags. I've got uh, on the screen here two websites I looked up right before I went to the show here. The colors of the pride flag on the left and the colors of the American flag on the right. Did you know why the, what the American flag colors stand for? Red symbolizes strength and valor. White symbolizes purity and innocence. Blue symbolizes vigilance, perseverance, and justice. Boy, have we abandoned those values, particularly the white purity and innocence. So you replace them with the colors of the pride flag. You know, red, it represents life. Uh, orange represents healing. The uh, yellow represents sunlight. The green represents nature. Indigo uh, or blue represents serenity. Violet represents spirit. And, you know, these things just show you that there's a real deep need in the LGBT community. They, they need life. Okay. Uh, they need healing. Uh, they need the sun, not the S U N, but the S O N. They need, um, to be more in tune with nature because they are denying it every single day and teaching your kids to deny it at public schools. 
they they need serenity that they do not have. They need they need a new spirit, right? This is very appropriate. The colors and the representations in the pride flag are very appropriate for the spiritual bankruptcy that exists in so many people in this movement. And my heart goes out to them. Hear me as a pastor. I am not here to vilify them, castigate them, condemn them, or judge them. I am here to bear witness to the truth. And the truth is you are in desperate need for Christ and only Christ can give you what you're looking for in this world. President Biden can't give them what Christ can give them. Now, uh, that's our language to them, but their language to us from the president is um, we're hysterical. <laughs> we're hysterical. If we don't agree with the new state religion, according to President Biden uh, at a press conference, we're going to see this in just a moment. You Christians are hysterical members of society. Watch. All over the country, Mr. President, Republican led states are passing laws. Uh, passing anti-LGBTQ, anti-transgender laws that restrict rights and medical care. Intimidation is on the rise. This week, anti-LGBTQ protesters turned violent in California. And also recently, I spoke to the parents of a transgender girl in Texas who told me that they're afraid and that they're considering leaving not just their state, but the country. Sir, why do you think this is happening? And what do you say to parents like the ones that I spoke to, to those families who are contemplating leaving the country because they don't feel safe anymore? By the way, if they're going to leave the country, what country are they going to go to? What country are they going to go to that's more tolerant than this one? Even Europe, whose lead we have followed for the last 30 years into this sexual confusion, is going the other way. They have, stopped, they have started to restrict puberty blockers. They have started to restrict surgeries for transgender kids. They have stopped um, using many of the drugs that our country is now foisting upon young kids who identify with gender dysphoria. What country are they going to go to where they can live for what more in a more tolerant society than this one? Seriously. I mean, you still have California, which we're going to get to in just a moment. We'll take you away from your parents if they don't even, even if they don't agree with your gender identity. Anyway, that was the question. They're leaving. What are you going to do about it? President Biden, what do you have to say? Let me answer your first question. Uh, first of all, maybe quietly when we finish this, you can give me the number of that family and I will call them, let them know that the president and this administration has their back. And I mean that. Look, uh, as president, I was proud to end the ban on transgender troops in our military, sign the Respect for Marriage Act, strengthen the civil rights protections for LGBT Americans, and advance LGBT human rights around the globe. But our fight is far, far from over because we have some hysterical and, I would argue, prejudice people who are engaged in all what you see going on around the country. That's me. It's a, it's an appeal to fear mm. and it's appeal Ooh. that is totally, thoroughly unjustified and ugly. Mm. So if you disagree uh, with the mantras of the new state religion, you are hysterical. You are trafficking in fear. No, no, uh, we're tracking trafficking in truth. And you are afraid of the truth and you have hated the truth and rejected the truth, Mr. President. And so and you can tell there that he's reading uh, and he struggles with his words. I mean, this guy is barely alive and he is the figurehead of the LGBT squad. It's just an amazing 
an amazing successful occupation. I said I tweeted this out. It's not a movement, the LGBT movement. It's an occupation. They have finally they have done it. They have taken over the country. And if you don't get in line, you can get out. And never apologize. Remember that Blue Jays pitcher? I didn't mention this in the deep end, but uh, there was a Toronto Blue Jays pitcher. He had spent his whole life in the minor leagues. He finally gets a call up late in life. I think he's 32 years old. Uh, he has his fi- finally has his big league debut, um, makes it to the big leagues. He, cr- he committed the fatal cultural sin of sharing a video of a preacher talking about the uh, pride movement and calling it out for what it is, uh, unbiblical. All he did was share the video. And he was brought into the office to be re-educated and apologized. His apology video looked like a hostage video. And uh, so he said, I am truly sorry. The ballpark is for everybody. I've learned to educate myself. And then the Toronto Blue Jays were going to force him to be the catcher for the ceremonial first pitch on Pride Night. as kind of like a stick it to a moment. He then said that he still stands by his own personal views about the Pride movement. And they cut him. <laughs> so, you know... Uh, This picture actually showed tremendous bravery because you're brave. This is what bravery is. You're brave when you stand against the powerful, okay? Not when the powerful celebrates you. Do you understand? Do Do you get it? And I hope there's some teens listening to me here. You're not brave because you go with the cool kids and everybody loves you. You're brave when you stand against authoritarianism totalitarianism, when you stand against movements that are uh, widespread in their acceptance and embrace uh, of society's values, okay? Brave people are Martin Luther King Jr. who stood against segregation when segregation was the widespread belief of the day. Brave people are the um, ministers who stood against slavery in the 1800s in the South, even though they were a vast minority. Brave people are the Martin Luthers of the world who stood against a corrupt and uh, paganist church uh, in Rome and stood for biblical truth. Brave people are Nicholas Ridley uh, and I forget, oh yeah, Hugh Latimer, who stood for salvation by grace through faith against the threats of Queen Mary, Bloody Mary, and were burned alive at the stake for it. Brave men and women stood for Christ and were thrown to the lions and were fed to the wolves in the Roman Colosseum. That's bravery. That's bravery. Brave men and women stormed the beaches of Normandy. And we just celebrated the 79th anniversary of that a couple of days ago, but not our president. No, our president has too much on his hands celebrating people who want to celebrate their genitals. That's where we are as a country. You need to be aware of it. We are in full swing into the uh, national religion month of June. And I just need to call it out for what it is in love. Now, let's talk about book banning, because there is a whole nother movement afoot in the public school sphere that we have got to talk about. And that brings me to what every parent needs to know. parent needs to know about book banning. So yeah, you're hearing about this maybe. Oh, they're banning books in schools. These hateful Nazis who don't want certain books to be accessible. What happened to free speech and free thought and education and rights? (laughs) So they call it book banning, but really what it is, is a movement to control the words. If you control the words, you control the worlds. 
sorry, world. If you control the words, you control the world. So they talk about it as being book banned, but what they are actually talking about is keeping kids from certain books that are pornographic in nature, that have pornographic pictures or cartoons. And when we keep pornography out of the reach of children in public schools, that's not banning books, that's protecting children. Got it? You know, what we've done for the last, I don't know, 200 years in this country, protecting our kids from certain activities that they shouldn't indulge in yet because they're children. Like when you, when you don't keep, when you, when you keep whiskey out of the hands of an, of a 10 year old, it's not prohibition, right? You're not, you're not limiting their civil liberties. You're taking good care of that child. The books in question are pictured here on the screen. Most of the books are oriented obviously all around the alphabet gang, you know, pronouns, two grooms on a cake, uh, bye-bye binary. <laughs> Some of the names, uh, Payton's pronoun, party, queer, power, rainbow, pride. What's, what's your words? I mean, uh, my two moms and me. Anyway, and, and most of these books are not even being called on to be banned. I'm going to give you the books that are being called on to be banned by parents around the country at these uh, school committee meetings. And I am encouraging parents who are hearing me right now, go to your school committee meetings. And if you are in my church in Massachusetts or in Florida, make sure you do your research because there's a very good chance. And I'm going to show you tonight that these books are available to your kids. Anyway, Newsweek has this article. Do these books belong in public school libraries? You'd be the judge. Article says last year, the Biden administration's Education Office for Civil Rights, OCR, launched an investigation of Georgia's Forsyth School District threatening to cut off all its federal funding. Why? The district's offense was this, deciding to temporarily remove eight books from school libraries and review them. Last week, OCR concluded its investigation and released a resolution agreement. The books in question are books like Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Warning graphic content ahead, guys, just so you know. What does the book say? Well, part of this book says, do you even know how to eat, P-word? Heh, yeah. Do you even know how to eat, P-word? Not really. Papa Gaines never sat you down. Said, son, one day you're going to have to eat the P. No, but he did teach me how to eat a B-H. Okay, I mean... <laughs> It's hard for me to even go over this stuff with you guys, but you have to know. You have to know. You have to get mortified. You have to get angry. These are the books available to your kids in their public school libraries. What the heck does this stuff have to do with developing your children into responsible citizens, honest citizens, upright and upstanding citizens? What? How, how does this book benefit your kids? It's insanity. It's coming for your kids. If you are in my uh, my church's town, this is Attleboro, Massachusetts. As some of you know of Coelho Middle School, a book called Monday's Not Coming, where it talks brazenly about a bisexual teen wearing provocative clothing, being trapped in a closet and more. If you're at the Attleboro High School, your kids have access to Push, which details sexual assault by the person's mother. In graphic detail, swears, Throughout the content of the book, it's just unbelievable. This is public education, 2023. This is a nation of pride. This is, uh, I guess, this is Biden's vision for America. 
is Biden's vision for America because when parents come against these books and ask for them to be removed, the Biden administration calls it a violation of the civil rights. The Daily Caller reporting this. The Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights told Forsyth County School District, this is in Georgia on Friday, that banning several pornographic books last year was discriminatory against LGBTQ and, look at this, non-white authors and readers. Huh? <laughs> What the heck? This is, again, the marrying of the LGBT squad with um, racial issues in our country and the very valid racial issues in our country. But to gain, you know, a, a voice in the culture's ears and minds and hearts, you have to marry these two because one is valid, one is completely invalid and immoral. But if we marry them, then they both become valid. That's You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like... It's kind of like cultural atonement. You culturally atone for the LGBT squad's nefarious uh, aim and trajectory by marrying it, covering it with the, you know, the, the racial component. And this is the game plan. This has been the game plan since After the Ball, the book written by the two Harvard graduates who said, this is how we're going to frame it. We're going to frame it in the, in the context of civil rights. So we're going to frame it in the context of racial uh, issues and the bad history of our country's racial issues. And so we're going to just baptize into that. And then we're going to come out clean on the other side. That's what's happening. This article talks about an, uh, a book that is called The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, a, an award-winning author, by the way, who wrote a book called The Bluest Eye. It is available to your kids in public schools, possibly. It's about an 11-year-old African-American girl that enters puberty in the 1940s because of its heavy sexual content. It was asked to be removed from schools. The sexual content includes, but is not limited to, incest, pedophilia, a graphic description of one's of one married woman's distaste for intercourse with her husband, an odd description of the same woman's affinity for masturbating with a pet in her lap, and a graphic flashback in which Pauline recalls when intercourse with her husband was pleasurable. So bestiality, uh, self-love, and uh, pedophilia. And then, of course, normal sexual relations in the context of male-female marriage going stale. I mean, it's the trifecta, really. I mean, it's the full agenda. And, and, and this is what's available to your schools very potentially in, in their public libraries right now. I mean, wake up. Parents, wake up. Get mad. Are you mad at me? Are you mad at this show? show? Are you disgusted? Are you up? Is your stomach turning? Good. Now show up at the school committee meetings. Look them up on their calendars. Find out when they're meeting. And go prepared with strong words condemning this content being available in their in your kids' schools. We're just not showing up. We need to go. You say, well, maybe it'll tamp down. Um, no, want to look to the future? Want to see the future? Look to Europe. I, I give you, in Europe, the, the WHO, the World Health Organization, uh, it, the Regional Office for Europe put out a pamphlet, Standards for Sexuality Education in Europe. This is what they're going to start teaching from the top down in Europe on how to educate kids in the area of sexuality. And they have it split apart by age group, zero to four, four to six, six to nine, nine to 12, 15 and over. I'm gonna give you more details. Again, warning if you're watching with young children, maybe get them out of the room because graphic content lies ahead. Okay, so zero to four, uh, they instruct teachers to teach about the kids enjoying themselves when they touch their own body and discuss early childhood masturbation. Zero to four years old. This is the WHO. Remember the WHO was so instrumental in COVID lockdowns and COVID prescriptions and mask prescriptions and 
social distancing prescriptions and all the insane prescriptions that we just listened to because it was some official bureaucratic state. Yeah, this is them. This, this is why you need the Holy Spirit, because you need to discern the nonsense that's coming from these, cult, these cultural uh, organizations, these world ordering organizations. But zero to four, let's learn how to pleasure ourselves. That, that sounds appropriate. <laughs> Unbelievable. More uh, on sexuality, health and well-being. If the experience or feeling is not good, you don't always have to comply. Zero to four. Uh, this is unbelievable. The right to explore gender identities, zero to four years old, of course. The right to explore nakedness and the body to be curious. How is this not opening the door to pedophilia? How is it not? I mean, honestly, Europe does not have a great record with protecting its young in regards to sexual exploitation. And now the WHO has just decided if you can't beat them, join them. Four to six-year-olds are taught more about masturbation, uh, appropriate sexual language, using sexual language in a non-offensive way. Why should a a six-year-old be taught how to use sexual language at all? How about just say, no, we don't use that language. How about we just don't use these words? Four to six are also instructed, according to this manual, about same-sex relations, different kinds of families, different concepts of a family. Six to nine-year-olds are taught more about the enjoyment and pleasure when touching one's own body, appropriate sexual language, friendship and love towards people of the same sex, uh, secret loves, first loves, crushes, unrequited loves, infatuations, six to nine years old. I have an 11-year-old. I wouldn't touch, I wouldn't touch these topics with him as his parent. And they want public educators in Europe to teach the kids about this at six to nine, six to nine years old, uh, nine to 12 year olds. They are taught about their first sexual experience or what to expect, gender orientation, sexual behavior among young people. The 15 year olds are being taught about the uh, left wing social policies, right to abortions, a sense of social justice. Uh, recognize violations of rights and speak out against discrimination and gender-based violence. These are the things that they are going to push down into the minds of young people from the bureaucracy. This is happening. This is the this is the WHO, the World Health Organization. Are you listening to me now? Those of you who are on the fence about my content on this channel, those of you who thought that I was crazy when I was talking about how masks were a a facade, a veneer of safety that did not offer any protection whatsoever, are you finally getting it? Are you queuing into the reality that the organizations, the governmental systems, the health systems of our country have been co-opted by an agenda to redefine humanity, to redefine especially your kids' existence? This stuff is happening now in America. It's already happening in America. More content. I'm sorry, but you've got to see it. Graphical content ahead. Get the kids out of the room if you're uncomfortable with this stuff. But this is these are pages from a book called Let's Talk About It, available in many school systems throughout the country, uh, where we have pictures of people having sex, literally having sex, and then someone going home and touching themselves, uh, how to look up pornography, uh, how it's healthy for you, how you should find it, and how you should participate in it. This is in the public education system. If this does not get you mad, I don't know what will, but (laughs) it should get you infuriated because it doesn't stop. It gets worse and worse and worse. Now, the question is, and I do have this important question to ask, who is standing up? And you'll never guess. You'll never guess who is actually standing up against this madness. It's Muslims. Muslim kids are making their voice heard 
against this insanity. Now, on the screen, on the left, if you're watching, Kristen Mink is on the left. This is a Montgomery County, Maryland council member, and she recently maligned the two Muslim students in her school district pictured on the right there as, I kid you not, white supremacists. (laughs) Why were they called white supremacists by Kristen Mink? Because they were asking for an opt-out option for these sexualized educational moments. Her words, the issue of LGBTQ plus inclusion instruction has unfortunately put some Muslim families on the same side of an issue as white supremacists and outright bigots. She said this at a public policy meeting and she was excoriated. Now, ironically, uh, if you can see it there, she has a pic- she has a shirt on with the words love, empathy, compassion, inclusion, justice and kindness. <laughs> Yeah, but no love if you disagree with the LGBT and the alphabet gang. No compassion, no inclusion if you're on the outs with that. No, now you, Arab students, are white supremacists. You cannot make this stuff up. So what did Kristen Mink have to do? She had to apologize all over herself for this content. This is what Fox News reported after the... um, Backlash rose from her comments to these two students. She grovels after saying Muslim kids against LGBTQ lessons aligned with white supremacists. Of course, they're going to grovel to the Muslims, of course. Uh, So this article states Muslim children at the Montgomery School Public Schools District had been speaking out against their parents' inability to opt them out of LGBTQ plus lessons they deemed violated their faith at the meeting. And Syed, now listen to this. Syed, one of the children who spoke out is a middle school student in MCPS. Syed said he is aware of the 40 Muslim children who want to be, he is aware of 40 Muslim children who want to be out, opted out of the curriculum. I'm here to talk about my rights. My religion teaches to respect all religions and all human beings and their rights. So does my country's law. And I want to, and I want my right back to have an opt out option, he said. This is a child. This is a Muslim child speaking up for himself. Another child said, although the instruction, introduction of texts and discussions related to transgenderism and LGBTQ plus may support MCPS's mission to be all inclusive, I don't believe my first grade and third grade cousins are prepared to read and discuss such issues. These are Muslim children speaking up at public hearings for their religious rights. Amazing. I mean, honestly, putting us Christians to shame. And I'm going to get to that in just a moment. So this bureaucrat falls all over herself, issues an apology uh, to Montgomery County and the Board of Education and the Muslims in her in her community. Uh, She doesn't mean what she says. She takes it all back. Blah blah blah. I mean, just imagine a bureaucrat apologizing all over themselves uh, to Christians. It'll never happen. It'll never happen because Christianity can can get sideswiped. It can be trounced on. It can be stepped on. It can be bullied. It can be harassed. It can be name called, but not the Islamic religion. And I am not saying that we should name call the Islamic religion, even though it is a fake religion, a false religion. It is the devil's first monotheism, but that's for another discussion. But anyway, uh, we're not going to <laughs> fight fire with fire here. Okay, we're not asking for you know, bureaucrats in Hollywood and the the powerful to lambaste the Muslims like they do Christians. No, we're just asking for equal treatment under the law. Respect our faith, respect our beliefs. And here's the point that I want to make. Christian parents, train your children as well as your Muslim counterparts have trained their children. 
train your children, Christians, as well as your Muslim counterparts have trained their children. I'm amazed that those two Muslim children were able to get up and vocalize where they believed their rights were being violated. What does it say about the state of the Christian church? What does it say about our faith, the state of our faith in America right now, when we can't put two Christians up there to speak up for themselves? Now, Liam Morrison, you probably know about in Massachusetts, who was told to go home because he wore a shirt called There Are Only Two Genders. He stood up as a Christian. He stood up in Massachusetts, a very left-wing Democratic state. He took his court to case, and the court sided with the school, and he can't wear the shirt. But I'm sure he's going to continue to fighting. Hopefully, Liam Morrison continues to fight. Yes? Because we need to fight for our rights. Yes, we do. We need to fight for our rights. We also need to understand something else about this movement. It's demonic. And I make no bones about saying that. It is demonic. We need to teach our children that this movement is demonic. It's aligned with Satanism. I covered SatanCon in April. It was held up in Boston a couple of months ago, back in April. And I showed you how much transgenderism was part of their faith system, part of their curriculum at SatanCon, as well as ripping up the Bibles, but not the Quran because they're brave. Uh, this is evidence from the word, from the movement itself, that this is a demonic movement, okay? They added two S to the acronym, you know, LGBTQIA, ampersand, pound sign, hashtag, dollar sign, quote unquote. Well, they also added two S to the acronym. Pretty soon they're going to own both the numerical and alphabetical system in its entirety. Pretty soon that's going to be the case, okay? They're going to own every number, they're going to own every letter. But two S was added to the acronym. What does 2S stand for? Well, it's right here on their own website. It refers to being a different people and diff, uh, means, sorry, it means somebody who possesses both masculine and feminine spirits. So you have two spirits now. That's what 2S means, two spirits. How is this not demonic? This is exactly how the scriptures refer to demonic possession. You have a spirit inside of you. You have your spirit, you have a spirit inside of you that's fighting against you. And our Hollywood elites and uh, the um, culture content creators are showing us that it is demonic. Uh, and that brings me to a discussion about Ellen Page. Ellen Page, who used to be Elliot Page, transitioned from a female to a male and discussed the violent interactions that she had with voices in her head and her own body. And I mean violent by this. She discussed being uh, violently punching herself in the face and hearing voices in her head. A few weeks later, a doctor approved for her transgender surgery. So yeah, I'm hearing voices in my head and I'm punching myself. Not demonic at all. This is, this is exactly how the Gospels define the man of the Gadarenes, whom Jesus had to cast demons out of, uh, the demons who wanted to go into the pigs, and uh, the guy who was chained in the graveyard. The demons... Do the devil's bidding. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy. Punching yourself is a violent expression of destroying yourself. Voices in your head telling you to do this, destroying yourself. Understand that people who go undergo transgender surgeries, uh, they lose all kinds of sexual function and normal function. They live with pain, oftentimes for the rest of their lives. You cannot staple on a penis. You cannot staple on a vagina. These things, these are man-made fakes that affect people's physical health for life. Anyway, I ran across this article in the, the LA Times, The Survival of Elliot Page, and uh, she unpacks several stories 
about um, trauma in her past concerning the sexualization that she experienced in Hollywood. And this, I'm sharing this with you so that you understand what's going on in Hollywood because it's coming for your home. And I'm going to show you how it's coming for your home in just a moment. But uh, what she talks about in this article, quite revealing. She revealed that when she was 16, uh, she, and I know they used he and, and him pronouns. I'm going to use she and her pronouns, okay? Not to disrespect her, but just to speak to this in reality. Uh, she was propositioned by a director and sexually assaulted by a grip, abuse that did not stem from her gender or sexual identity. Uh, she thought it was important to share more about these instances at page, in Page Boy. This is a book that she just came out with because she found herself frozen in the midst of these assaults, an experience that's so prevalent and insidious that it really stays with you. She froze when, at 17, a man who'd worked on hard candy took her back to the Oakwood apartments, laid her down, removed her pants, and expressed a desire to give her oral sex. He froze, uh, she froze, when a crew member on another film took her to look for a place to live and during the tour suddenly started kissing and dry humping her. I didn't say no, I didn't resist, I just stiffened Paige writes. That behavior was happening on sets when I was so young that you don't talk about it, Paige now says. I used to just shove it away like, oh, what are you complaining about? It's no big deal. It took time to go. It's, uh, it took time to go. Oh, wow. That actually causes damage. So, you know, these Hollywood celebrities, these Hollywood celebrities that are influ influencing your kids, that are pushing this ball down the field, uh, you have to understand, they are tremendously wounded people. They are very much hurt people, persons. I feel bad for Ellen slash Elliot Page. I feel tremendous ache in my heart for what these people have experienced. Hollywood chews people up and spits them out, particularly children, children. Consider the case of Megan Fox. Megan Fox put this picture out uh, in honor of Father's Day, I guess, where she has three boys all dressed as three girls, or at least they look like they're girls. When she was called out on it by former Congressman Robbie uh, uh, Starbuck, she lashed out saying someone messed with the wrong, quote, witch, end quote. Interesting language from Megan Fox, the star of uh, the movie Transformers and others. She said, I have been burned uh, at the stake by insecure, narcissistic, impotent, impotent little men like you many times, and yet I'm still here. Uh, this is Megan Fox. Now, Megan Fox is another uh, Hollywood starlet who is a victim of traumatic experiences in her teenage years, seeking fame and fortune the Hollywood way. Let me tell you, from personal experience, I've been to Hollywood, I've been to the Walk of Fame. I have never in my life felt what I felt in Hollywood. You always have this romanticized vision of Hollywood. It is a hellhole. And what I mean by that is an, it is an emotional hellhole. You feel a severe weight in your heart when you're there. A severe depression comes over you. You just sense it. There's emptiness and hollowness, especially on that walk of fame with all the Hollywood stars on that street. It is, it is oppressive depression. It's just hollow dreams. It is just empty dreams. It is just empty lives. And it is a territorial spirit at work there. But anyway, Megan Fox, another victim of sexual abuse as a teenager in Hollywood, trying to make a name for herself. This article from She Knows unpacks this 15 stars who spoke out of being, about being sexualized at a young age. Uh, uh, Britney Spears, um, several other names on the list. Jennifer Love Hewitt, 
Uh, it says this, one of the most unfortunate parts of Hollywood is the sexualization of women, especially young girls. Some of our favorite stars like Jennifer Love Hewitt, Natalie Portman have opened up about how men made them feel like sexual objects. And decades later, the same has happened to stars like Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things and Billie Eilish and more. Uh, it talks about Megan Fox's experience where she says in a Jimmy Kimmel interview from years ago, she was sexually harassed and over-sexualized as young as 15 years old. They were shooting this club scene. They brought me in and I was wearing a Stars and Stripes bikini and a red cowboy hat and six inch heels. Michael Bay, the director of the movie, I think it was called Bad Boys 2, approved it. And they said, Michael, she's 15. You can't sit her at the bar. She can't have a drink in her hand. So his solution to the problem was to have me dancing underneath a waterfall, getting soaking wet. And you understand the sexualization of that image. This, this is what they're doing to these poor kids. And I feel so bad. And, and, you know, in this article interview, and you can watch this interview with Jimmy Kimmel, he laughs about this moment. And he makes a joke about it because no big deal. Oh, you're sexually, you're sexually, you're sexualized at age 15 by a powerful Hollywood director. No big deal. Everybody expects that. <laughs> this is again. Now, this is again. These are the people who are calling for transgender surgeries for minors, uh, Lupron and other drugs to stifle puberty, uh, to promote books in your kids' public schools that are overly sexualized. And now they look back on these things and they say, I can't believe I went through this. Uh, for instance, there is the issue of Britney Spears' sexualization. This girl I feel so bad for, also sexualized from as young as 14, 13 years old. On the cover of Rolling Stone, she talks about in this article, she knows how she was tricked into the highly sexualized Rolling Stone cover uh, of her with her childhood bedroom with her dolls at age 16. I really didn't know what the hell was going on, she says. And to be totally honest with you, at the time I was 16, so really I didn't. I was back in my bedroom and I had a little sweater on and he was like, undo your sweater a little bit more. The whole thing was about me being into dolls. And in my naive mind, I was like, here are my dolls. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, what the H-E-L-L. Uh, I realize I said hell, hell, hell before, so why not say it again? But <laughs> now I've said it three times. Anyway, getting back to the point. This is what happens in Hollywood. This is what happens to these young girls who, and this is fact, come from broken homes more often than not, seek the family that they did not have when they were growing up in Hollywood, and they are basically feeding themselves to the wolves. Megan Fox, I found another article, talked about her childhood, absolutely heartbreaking. Her parents divorced at age three. When she was age three, uh, it affected her in a crazy way. She said, as a child, you think everyone who's famous is very wealthy, very powerful. I felt like once I achieved that success, then all of my internal issues would be solved and I would be this really confident person, and I'm not. It's not just physical insecurity. It's also a feeling of not being accepted and not and wanting to be. Of course, I think that has something to do with my parents' divorce and not seeing my dad and always feeling rejected. You don't ever really get past that. I mean, and this poor girl, she talks about how she came into the world really bright and sunny and happy. However, at a certain point, I went through some trauma in childhood. I developed a pretty severe eating disorder, manic depression, which runs in my family. So there was definitely some wrestling with chemical imbalance going on. She also details how that in school she was bullied and she ate her lunch in the bathroom to avoid people. Very, very sad. Very, very sad life, young life for Megan Fox. She goes on and opens, uh, in this article, it says, Fox has opened up before about her mental health. She revealed that she's had to resort to professionals to help with her obsessive compulsive disorder. On mental disorders, Fox said, I constantly struggle with the idea that I am a borderline personality, uh, I'm a borderline personality, or that I have bouts of mild schizophrenia. I definitely have some kind of mental problem and I haven't pinpointed what it is. This is America. This is Hollywood. This, this is their reality. Their spiritual depravity. Okay, 
Like we've got to approach all of these issues from a biblical mindset. Jesus would not condemn these people. He would heal them. He would set them free. They need the, de- the demons cast out. Understand, we can get angry with what the devil is doing without getting angry at who he's doing it to. That's the important qualifier here. And as Christians, no, we don't come down on them. We expose their lies. We expose their emptiness. We expose their spiritual depravity so that we can stand strong for truth, hopefully protecting our children from it, guarding our homes from it, leading our kids away from it, and then praying for these people. I... Your heart has to go out to them. They are harassed. They are empty. They are husks of themselves because of powerful men who took advantage of them. The devil has won in Hollywood. Don't let him win in your home. Mm-mm. How's he going to get to your home? That brings me to this article from the Wall Street Journal. I encourage all of you to read it. The title of the article is Instagram Connects Vast Pedophile Network. The meta units... Systems for fostering communities has, have guided users to sec, child sex content. Company says it's improving internal controls. The article, I'm just going to read a little bit of it. I don't have time to go through the whole article. Please read it. Look it up for yourself. Instagram, the popular social media site owned by Meta Platforms, helps connect and promote a vast network of accounts openly devoted to the commission and purchase of underage sex content, according to investigations by the Wall Street Journal and researchers at Stanford University and the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Uh, though out of sight on most of the platform, the sexualized con- accounts on Instagram are brazen about the interest. The researchers found that Instagram enabled people to search explicit hashtags such as pedo, pedo whore and preteen sex and connected them to accounts that use terms to advertise child sex material for, for sale. Such accounts often claim to be run by the children themselves and use overtly sexual handles incorporating words such as little S-L-U-T for you. This is now coming into your home, right? You, you've got to be aware. You better be monitoring your kids' social media accounts. You've got to monitor where they're connecting to online. Uh, I already talked about this movie coming out with Jim Caviezel about the FBI or the CIA agent who is uncovering all of this, all of this dark money flowing into sex trafficking throughout our country, including with elite power people and power players and billionaires and millionaires who are leading the charge here, coming after your kids. What happens? What happened to Megan Fox at the hands of Hollywood directors in Orange County, California, can happen to your kid now in the comfort of your own home. And you got to guard the gates. you got to guard the gates for your kids because they are going to be able to. Now they have a pipeline straight to your kids' hearts. And if you don't guard it, shame on you. Meanwhile, the human rights campaign is doing work, calling Christians an enemy of the state. Yep. This is from the Christian Post. Human rights campaign calls Christian conservative groups the enemy of the state in a state of emergency report. Now, the human rights campaign is the largest LGBT alphabet gang lobbying organization in the country. It has raised billions of dollars for Democratic candidates across the country. Uh, It was founded by Terry Bean, a man credibly accused of sexually assaulting a 14-year-old boy and a 15-year-old boy on two separate occasions. And they are drawing up the battle lines against you Christian parents. Okay. This past week, this state of emergency report they filed names the following Christian organizations focus on the family, Alliance Defending Freedom, and the Heritage Foundation as enemies of the state. And the California, the state of California has decided to turn parents against their children and children against their parents. I told you this was coming, and here it is. From Canada now into California, the Daily Signal reporting a California bill would charge any parent who doesn't affirm transgenderism with their ch- uh, in their child with child abuse. This is Assembly Bill 957. And it would include a parent's affirmation of the child's gender identity as part of the health, safety, and welfare of the child. 
altering the definition and application of the entire California family code. Understand what they're doing. They are deconstructing the words. What is child abuse now? Oh, child abuse is not agreeing that the child is the different gender that they think they are. What is child abuse? Oh, this is not agreeing with your child's sexuality. This is this is maybe stifling your child's expression of a, I don't know, two-spiritism. You understand? They're removing the foundations of society to bring confusion and division within the family. So this article states, because of the addition of gender affirmation to, to the qualifications of child California's standards for health, safety, and welfare, California's courts would now be able to accept reports of gender abuse from progressive activist organizations as long as they claim to provide services to victims of sexual assault or domestic violence. In essence, a boy could report his parents to his local school's Gay Straight Alliance Club or other, other LGBTQ plus organization who could then report the boy's parents for child abuse. Yeah, that's where we are in California. I've been telling you, I think two years ago, I reported that this was happening in Canada. I said it was going to come to America and it's coming to America right in through California. And unfortunately, as California goes, so does most of the nation. We'll see. We'll see what happens with other states, more conservative-leaning states that don't go along with this nonsense. But it's coming for your kids. It's coming for your family. It's coming for your parenting. You need to know it. All the while, we have to remember that there are people's lives their wholeness, their health is at stake. At the end of the day, again, we can get mad at what the devil's doing without getting mad at who he's doing it to. And that brings me to this widely circulated video of a trans man who has realized that becoming a man, born a woman, but becoming a man, quote unquote man, is not possible. Because why? Because we are different in ways we don't even realize. So this, article, this video went viral. I want you to hear this person's words from them and, and pray for them because this is a trans man realizing how impossible it is for a woman to be a man. Watch. Nobody told me how lonely being a man is. I had closer friendships with random women I met in the bathroom before I transitioned at clubs because of how open women are than I've had in my eight years of transitioning because women are just so much more vulnerable and deep than men. But to have known, and I think a lot of trans men feel this, is we knew what de depth felt like before we transitioned. We knew what it felt like to like have people want to hug us and to have people want to talk to us and to have a community. And then you transition and you're just a guy walking down the street that people cross the street so that they're not near you. And friendships are so much harder to build. And people are colder. And what's hard is none of this invalidates how real and raw women and people who are in marginalized groups feel about cis white men. All of that's valid. But I also now understand why the suicide rate is so much higher in men. Because it is lonely. And I'm an emotionally mature man. I know how to build friendships and it is still really, really hard. Try to think about how you can, in your small little community where you feel safe, can reach out to the men in your life and just help them them feel maybe seen for a moment or 
do do little little conversations to help their emotional maturity so that they can reach out to people and have deeper guy friendship. <sighs> Man, that's hard to watch. Um, it's really hard to watch because this person is enunciating a reality, an emotional reality that separates men and women. I don't need people to hug me. I'm a man. I mean, I know there are guys that like to be hugged and I'm not general. I don't want to overgeneralize here, but men by and large are not as community and friendship oriented as women are. It's just a fact. There are socio relational distinctions that you cannot perform a surgery to produce in somebody. You, you, you can't, you can do something physically and as, um, oh, what's her name? Miss Perry from trans transgender to transformed says in her book, you know, the surgery is like one change out of a billion that need to be made to go from male to female. It's impossible. And yet, for some reason, the powerful people in our community, in our, in our country are shoving this down our throats without, without restraint. It is insanity to see it happening. You've got to be aware of it. Uh, personal defense time for me, shifting gears radically, the chosen show. I want to address a controversy that started with this shot of a cameraman working on the chosen set behind the scenes footage shows him wearing a pride patch there. And then also a pride flag appeared on the set to the left and Christian Twitter exploded. <laughs> And everybody was calling for the show to be abandoned. It was now corrupt. It had been, uh, you know, compromised. So walk away from the show. And then I, I, I sent out a tweet about this. And, and here's the tweet that I put out that I want to just defend for a second. It's inconscionable to me that those producing a multi-season drama based on Jesus who embodied humility can stand with and celebrate those who seek to glorify themselves and their sin. Hashtag the chosen. So some people responded and said, oh, you got to look at, you know, the response of the chosen's uh, producer. Dallas Jenkins talking about how it is a nonprofit organization. It's not a church and they work with all kinds of people and all this stuff. And I get that. I understand that they are producing a television show. So they have to work with all kinds of people and they aren't a church and they are an organization that's not, that's for profit. Totally understand that. My response was not to the fact that they had a probably homosexual cameraman operating a camera on the show. Hopefully a homosexual man sees Jesus preparing the show and comes to Christ. That's my hope. My response here was to the tweets by the actors who tweeted out the following when people started to question the show's commitment to Christianity as a result of this pride flag being displayed in the behind the scenes footage. Uh, Giovanni Cairo, another one of the actors, uh, said, another one of the actors on The Chosen here, anyone who is going to go at one of our family members for doing something like this is no fan of ours. They can close the door on the way out. Love one another as I have loved you. We stand with our brother. And then the pride flag and heart sign. And then Jordan Ross he said, he tweeted out, my brother is, and he re referenced Giovanni Cairo, isn't the only one who stands by the LGBTQ members of our chosen family. Uh, get out of here with your hate, homophobia, and ignorance. Not very Jesus-like of you, Johnny. That, my response was to that, okay? And, I, and I, I don't need to defend myself at all here. I'm just trying to explain clearly that you have actors that are not at all, in my opinion, Christian, uh, acting these parts out. Now, you can make your choice here. You can still watch the show because you appreciate it being made uh, in 
you know, representing Christ. And of course, it's all extra biblical. This, this, a lot of it's completely fabricated ideas of what happened when Jesus walked on the earth. And I get it. There's, there's a lot of intrigue into how did Jesus really live beyond the biblical text. But what really frustrates me as a pastor is that sometimes in many Christians, there is more interest in the stuff we didn't get reported to us from the apostles who walked with Jesus than the stuff they did report to us. The stuff that they did report to us, John says in chapter 20, it was written so that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ and by believing might have life in his name. Don't get so hung up on extracurricular narratives of Jesus's life from the chosen that you abandoned discipleship in the word that has been delivered to you through the apostles who walked with him with the purpose of forming Christian Christ in you. You see, very important because the church has become anemic and impotent when Muslim kids are more versed in their public committee meetings than Christian kids. My heart breaks for the status of the church. We've got work to do because Antichrist is coming and he might be here. And so maybe even waiting on a show for this, I'm going to reveal who I think the Antichrist might just be on the Deep End Investigates. Here's the question. Is this the Antichrist? Who am I talking about? George Soros has passed control of his empire to his son, Alexander. George Soros pictured on the left and his son, Alexander, with the blue framed glasses on the right. 37-year-old son. He says, I'm more political than my father. And those of you who have watched this show at all know that George Soros is funneling money into all of these left-wing, progressive, sexually confusing causes around our country, pro-abortion, pro-LGBTQ, pro-climate change alarmism, all that kind of stuff. And this son is going to take that $25 billion from his father and is going to pump more money into it. My question is, is he the Antichrist? A couple of things about this before we get into my answer. Because first off, the name Alexander, Soros, is a palindrome. Palindrome is a word that's back and forth the same way. Just wouldn't it make sense for the Antichrist last name to be a palindrome? <laughs> I got no Bible verse to show that, but it's an interesting conjecture. But Alexander is like full tilt Antichrist name. We are talking about like Nicholas Carpathia level Antichrist name, Alexander Soros. Doesn't it sound perfectly like the Antichrist's name? But before we get there, some more evidence. Let me discuss two concepts from the Bible about the Antichrist. First off, you have to know that the spirit of the Antichrist has already been around since Jesus rose. John's saying the spirit of the Antichrist is here. He, many have come. You know, Antichrist means someone who is against Messiah. That's what it means. But then there is the Antichrist. This is the dictator beast who will take over the world's economy, world's religion. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 says that no one deceive you in any way for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God proclaiming himself to be God. Okay. The word revealed there is interesting because it suggests the word revealed in, in Greek is apocalypto and it means to cause something to be fully known. Here's a thought. Christians should be able to recognize the Antichrist if the Antichrist is to be going is going to be revealed. That is to be caused to be fully known. Very, 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 very possible that Christians will be able to say that is the Antichrist. 
Now, I know we're not supposed to know when the day of the Lord is. That's out of our realm, out of our pure purview. But knowing who the Antichrist is, very possible. And I know from Ronald Reagan to Barack Obama to Pope John Paul II, <laughs> uh, the, the church has this horrible history of naming the Antichrist and they aren't the Antichrist. But let me give a couple more passages of scripture about this. Uh, Revelation chapter 13, verse 6 says, It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Daniel eleven thirty seven 37 said, He shall regard neither the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall exalt himself above them all. So he doesn't want the desire of women. In other words, Antichrist is very possibly gay, very gay, homosexual. It's very possible. Now, is Alexander Soros gay? We couldn't find, or homosexual, we couldn't find hard evidence, but there's some pictures that we can look at. Um, just letting you know, here's some pictures on the screen of him posing with a guy, particularly one guy. You know, I'm, I'm a heterosexual man and I don't take pictures with dudes like that. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> so is he the Antichrist? $25 billion, he's going to funnel all, these, all this money into all these left-wing, social, progressive, climate alarmism causes. He visited the Biden, president's, Biden White House 17 times. He has met with all their powerful players. He is totally on their side. Now, to have an antichrist, you're going to need an anti-Christian religion, a one-word religion, a unified religion, what Nebuchadnezzar sought for, what the Tower of Babel people sought for, what even Saul wanted, one-world religion, you know, this, what Caesar wanted in the Roman Empire. Now, rarely, have, rarely do I come across news articles that I cannot believe, but I have to share one with you right now. And I had this, check it out. This is from slaynews.com. Check this out. WEF calls for AI to rewrite Bible, create religions that are accurately correct. Hear that again. WEF, World Economic Forum, run by Klaus Schwab, okay? Calls for artificial intelligence to rewrite the Bible and create religions that are actually correct. This uh, person here on the left is Yuval Noah Harari, he is a Jewish senior advisor to the WEF and is chairman Klaus Schwab. And he argues that AI can be used to rewrite the scriptures, to create a globalized new Bible. Uh, he is an influential author and professor. He made the call while giving a talk on the future of humanity. He says, according to, uh, it says, according to Harari, the power of AI can be harnessed and used to reshape spirituality in the WEF's globalist vision of equity and inclusivism. Here he is saying as much on video, watch. It's the first technology ever that can create new ideas. You know, the printing press, radio, television, they broadcast, they spread the ideas created by the human brain, by the human mind. They cannot create a new idea. You know, Gutenberg printed the Bible, in the middle of the 15th century. The, the, the printing press printed as many copies of the Bible as Gutenberg instructed it, but it did not create a single new page. It had no ideas of its own about the Bible. Is it good? Is it bad? How to interpret this? How to interpret that? Um, AI can create new ideas, can even write a new Bible. We, you know, throughout history, religions dreamt about having a book written by a superhuman intelligence, by a non-human entity. 
Every religion claims our book, all the books of the other religions, they, humans wrote them. But our book, no, 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 no. It came from some superhuman intelligence. In a few years, there might be religions that are actually correct. That just think about a religion whose holy book is written by an AI. That could be a reality in a few years. <laughs> I mean, wow. Scripture being fulfilled. Now, not tomorrow, now. One world religion, one world Bible, uh, written by some, you know, <laughs> non-human entity. I, yeah, this is a senior advisor to the World Economic Forum. There are videos, I, I don't have time to show them, where they have literally had Klaus Schwab speaking to heads of state, such as uh, Justin Trudeau in Canada and Joe Biden in America and countless others in Europe, where he is basically leading these people into a unified global community that is run by a select elite society located in Davos, Switzerland. And now his right-hand man is talking about artificial intelligence giving us a new holy book. Yikes. It's time for the church to realize we are in the shadow of the tribulation. And I, uh, I don't say that lightly, but it's just things are moving. Things that my predecessors in the faith, my grandparents who have, have died years ago used to talk about. And I say, yeah, I know, I believe it, but come on. Uh, here it is happening. And we've got to wake up. You got to know your Bible. You better get a hold of one of these. Get a hold of one of these good old-fashioned paper Bibles before you, before they infect, I don't have my smartphone on me, before they infect your smartphone Bible. Because the devil hates the truth, and we are people of the truth, and we've got to stand strong in the truth. But we can't stand strong in that which we do not know. So get yourself a paper Bible and get in it. Amen. Okay. Check out the store, timhashlife.com, for new swag. Support the channel if you would. If you've appreciated or learned from this channel, I very much appreciate your support through the Cash app, Tim Hatch Live, or timhashlife.com slash support. That is the show, guys. Tomorrow night, I hope to have the deep dive out for you. I go on vacation the next day, so I'm hoping to have that available to you. No deep end, no deep dive next week and not the following week. So big break here, guys. Sorry to say that. I hope you enjoyed the content, though. I enjoy bringing it to you. Like the video, subscribe, do all that. Please make sure that you are doing that, liking that video, subscribing to the channel, clicking the notification bell. We will be back with some shorts while I'm on vacation. You will see content on the channel, just not current content. And I will be back from, from vacation, ready to rock and roll and to give you the truth that sets people free and strengthens you in the faith because the days are evil. And we need to make the best use of our time. God bless you. Have a great night.